Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way. They're fantastic people to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We got Sean Powell, NBA.com coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern. So you're not going to want to miss that. It's all you up until then. We do have five burning questions at 12.20 p.m. Eastern, 855-212-4CBS. I got to welcome Shep in. If Darwin's still there, I'll welcome Darwin in, too. But Darwin's probably gone on to his other duties. Has he not, Shep? He has, but you know what? Sean's going to go get him. It's it, You can do that. That's fine. Because I, I, I had an epiphany. Folks, America, I had an epiphany. This was on Friday night, last Friday night. Now, I missed last week. It was on Saturday. Just tell me when uh, when Darwin gets in, if he can. If not, it's okay. Is he in? He's about to. What you're saying is you okay. want to hear from Darwin more than me. Well, no, I'll hear from both of you. You're both uh, you're you're both well-to-do single men, correct? Shep, you're single, right? Uh, I'm not married. By, by law, I'm single. <laughs> what a greasy answer, Shep. I like where this is going. Okay. So, and I think Darwin's single as well. Darwin's kind of Darwin out is there. there. Yeah. Darwin. Hello. You single? No, no. I have a girlfriend. You have a girlfriend? I do. Do you plan on having children? Um, 50-50, maybe, you know. 50-50. Yeah. All right. I, I always tell my my friends who are married and my friends who want kids or whatever, I don't pressure my buddies into getting married. I don't pressure my buddies into having kids. It's your decision. It's the only thing, by the way, that a younger man that I can, I can really think of it just in life in general that a younger man can give an older man tips on is okay. is marriage and children. That's okay? Fair. Yeah. I came to a realization here because I, I was out last Saturday. And the reason I was out last Saturday is because my kid was born. My third kid was born uh, last Friday night. Congratulations. Well, thank you. I, I wasn't fishing for that, but still well, thank you. It's just something cool. you got. It's just something you got to say. It's the third kid. I think do it's do cool. I really need a congratulations there? Well, I missed is it the whatever? other two, so this is the okay, third. Okay, well, fine. That makes up for it, and I'm sure they're at home right now, and they'll, they'll feel warm when I tell them that Darwin <laughs> said congratulations <laughs> to me for their births three and two years ago. So anyway, uh, I'm in there, and just how the birth go now there's guys who've had kids and they're going to understand well they haven't had kids their wives had kids girlfriends had kids you're going to understand what I'm saying here is I'm in the I'm in the delivery room it's a nice delivery room I mean this is the Cleveland clinic this is this is the creme de la creme of of where you can have kids in America it's one of the best hospitals in the world US news or world reports you can look it up I swear to god so I'm in there and you know it's it's start it's starting to get close to it and it's just a very, it's a very intense situation. It's not as bad. It's not the same as how the movies portray birth. I'm going somewhere with this, and it does concern sports, trust me. It's not the how movies portray births more than likely. It's just, it's still a very intense thing. And it was about 8 o'clock. She wasn't feeling, she really was starting to feel un- uncomfortable 
They came in. They checked on her. They said, hey, you're closer. They walk out. Half hour later, they ask her to get off on her, on her hands and knees, which really got her into this entire predicament in the first place. Bada bing. Uh, she, they ask her to get <laughs> well on her hands played. and knees. Well yeah, exactly. She gets on her hands and knees, and the baby's like, it's got to fall around and move around and get ready to move to where the landing zone is. So she does that, and she's according to them, she's not close. She turns over, and the same thing happened with my second kid. She turns over, and it's coming. It's ready to happen. Wow. So I'm getting nervous just hearing this oh, story. Well, I've, so I've never seen this. So yeah, the third. This is the third time I've been through this, and so each time, the second time, especially in this time, I just realize I'm utterly worthless in the entire scenario, and I can't say this. I can't say this how I want to meet because people might get upset about it. But I'm just going to say it how it is. I really kind of wish it was back to the old days where guys, where the fathers were not allowed in the delivery room. Because you just don't feel like you're being productive in well, there? Because there are, I I did take, I, I had the presence of mind, obviously Liz was in a different scenario here, I had the presence of mind to take account. Because at first they go, oh, you're ready, and they call in the doctor, the doctor starts, okay, I'm on my way, and they come in and they turn these lights on. It's like the floor at, at, at the Great Western Forum, man. Like, it is showtime, and everything else is dark, and the lights are there, and we're ready to go. And they go, well, Dad, you're going to hold a leg. And I look around me, and there's people, and they're in full regalia. The Everything you saw in an episode of ER, everything you saw in TV, Grey's Anatomy, whatever, they're in the full shebang, man. They got the face masks on, the whole deal. They're set... Darwin, Shep, there's seven of them in there. Seven. And then there's me. And you realize, I have no business being here. And it's the only scenario where I am welcome and I'm supposed to be in that room with them. I have no bearing on the outcome. I have no chance of ever making some sort of a difference in this scenario. Do we understand this? I'm a ceremonial type of person in this spot. But you're the only one your wife is connected to, so you're supposed to be the support. See, that's you're what like they a say. coach. You're the but encouragement. You know if my wife was going in for a heart surgery or my wife was going in for open heart or, or brain surgery, I'm probably going to be still the most supportive person in the room. They're not going to let me in the room, But she's, conscious, but she's conscious the whole time. It's a different Yes, outcome. she is conscious right. the whole time. But then there's still, there's still this point where I'm not a trained medical professional. And I realize the only reason I'm there is just because now – our social situations have changed where in my dad's age, my dad was there, but in his dad's age, the dad waited in the waiting room, and then he was told they let the medical professionals be medical professionals. They now, I'm standing there in my street clothes. I'm going, I could dirty any one of these things up if I really wanted to get involved here, and that's scary to me because if something goes bad, I'm only going to make things worse. Do we Do we get this? Do you two understand this? Yeah, I just, but it's just, that's your job. Your one job is to stand there and look fairly poised and encouraging. That's and, all it is. And Darwin, I'm just letting you know, and I know you got to go over to 880. I got to run, yeah. And, and and thank you very much for hearing me out. Sure. It just, it blew my mind, and I'll just, let, I'll leave you with this piece. Just be ready, because it's going to be awkward, because you're just going to stand there, 
if you have the kids, if there's really no point of you being there other than to be there because the social norms tell you that you're supposed to be there for the birth of your children. Okay. Well, okay, pre- have yeah, fun. That's a good tip, I, and I'm very uplifted. <laughs> Take that with you. Okay. Tell people on 880, on CBS 880 there for the news break, okay? All right, you got it, Ken. Thank you, you very much. Shep, I, I mean, I, I looked at this, and I'm going, I, I can only get in the way. Like, if they looked at each other and they go, we're losing her or something like that, I'm only going to scream and make things awful. Ken, you say that you say that now, but but in, in all seriousness, I do think you. I mean, I can't imagine being a national host. In all seriousness, I can't imagine having the amount of followers that you do, having the Shep. Pod, No, 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 seriously, having the platform that you do, you know how to handle pressure. No, I think when push comes to shove, you're going to step up and be the calm. calm no, I'm not, I, because I'm smart enough to know that I'm not a doctor in that room. I don't but know. I. Uh, I realized something here, and this is where I bring it back to sports here for a second, okay? Let, let me tell you this, Shep. Let me, let, me, let me speak to you here. Is that in that moment, here I am, I'm standing there. I have absolutely no control. The only thing I can do is hold Liz's hand and hold her leg and tell her that it's going to be over here very soon, which is what I said. I go, in the next five minutes, the baby's going to be out of you, and we're never going to do this again. We're not going to have a fourth. We're not going to have a fifth. This is the last time you'll ever have to do this. I just need you to push one more time. That's the only thing I was saying. That's the only thing that I had control over. And I realized when that child came out, my third son, of my now three sons, and they started they started wiping him down and cleaning him off and doing the air thing in there to make sure he cries and all that stuff. I realized in that moment, America, I was Brad Stevens. Here I am, standing there. I can only go by experience of encouragement. I can give a plan. I can go through the Lamaze class. I can do the whole thing. We didn't even go through a Lamaze class, by the way. But I can if I want to. We can practice during the week if we want to. We can do all these things. But basically, I am there just for the encouragement of the situation. And if something really goes wrong, I can't fix it. It's the people on the floor or the doctors in the room who could fix the situation. Now, I can make things better by not screaming my head off because my wife might be in serious danger here, and I don't want to be a widower who has to raise three boys on my own for crying out loud, and God forbid that happens. But I can stand there and try to remain calm and collected the best I can, which is what Brad Stevens does. But ultimately, I have no control over the situation. And what do they do? The baby comes out. Everybody's excited. They hand me the scissors. I cut the umbilical cord, just like what Brad Stevens used to do when he was in college basketball, and he cut down nets. They were allowed to do that. I was allowed to do that. Everybody walks up to me, and they feel like it. Shep doesn't need to care, and I know that Shep's a nice, well-intentioned person and a good person overall, and that's why I like the I, I like the company of Shep because he's a good dude. But I know that Shep says congratulations to me because it's the social norm, because I'm supposed to be the father of the child and I'm supposed to be the guy who's the well-being for all. But honestly, what the hell did I do? I had sex. That was it. And I, I encouraged my wife to have the baby. I encouraged her to have the baby the best way possible three times. But I don't know anything about having babies.
I don't know anything of what it takes to really put the blood, sweat, and tears into delivering a child the way my wife does, the way that the doctors in the room do. And it's the same thing with Brad Stevens. I've been around it. I've been around it three times. I've had my three championships. So I have that experience. I'm battle-tested in that way. But I've never had to stand on the foul line with point one remaining and hit a free throw to go to overtime. Brad Stevens hadn't had to do that, and I haven't had to do that in the terms of giving birth. My wife has had to do that. The doctors have had to do that. And we want to give hell to Brad Stevens where, boy, things looked really, really good. And the Celtics looked like they were going to be the next big thing in the East. And LeBron left and went to the Lakers. And here's Kyrie. He's back. Here's Gordon Hayward. He's back. Jason Tatum is going to take over the NBA and go full on. And I really don't have anything nasty to say about Al Horford because I think he played pretty damn well this season. But Brad Stevens still is powerless in the end. Basketball genius. All this. Guy who finally reaches it. We had people who made serious arguments on this network about taking Brad Stevens, a coach, over the player. Who made serious arguments. And believe that for a second, which is flatly embarrassing. And then you have guys like Scary Terry Rozier saying, boy, it was horrible in that locker room. And by the way, the coaching staff didn't really know how to take care of it. You know what? It was horrible in that delivery room, and I'm the coaching staff, and guess what? If everybody else would have freaked out, things would have happened in a very bad situation because I wouldn't have made the situation any better. Ken, can I ask you a clarifying question? What? If you were Greg Popovich, Phil Jackson, Red Auerbach, Pat Riley, etc., you don't think they make a bigger difference and have more of an impact on that team than Brad Stevens? Uh, with the Lakers, with the uh, Celtics? Correct. Pat Riley's old. Phil Jackson's old. Who else did you say? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about in their prime. In their prime? You don't think you're giving him a little bit of a pass here? With these players, yes. uh, I'm, I'm giving Brad Stevens a pass? Uh, I think I, I think I give a lot of coaches a pass to a degree. I think you're right about that to call me on that ship. However, I do think that now more than ever, coaches, if those guys, you know, Greg Popovich runs his system and there's still a team that people like, but he, he knows, Greg Popovich knows that the player is changing in the NBA. And it's probably changing to a point where he can't really connect. And he tries. God, he tries. And I'm not trying to besmirch one of the greatest coaches ever. Greg Popovich is absolutely one of the greatest coaches who ever played, who ever been around basketball. But I think that Greg Popovich, in a moment of honesty, would tell you that the time is starting to pass. The players are different. And we're going to a level where the coaching is as inconsequential as it's ever been in its entire life. In its entire being of being coaching in, in basketball. That there was a time, absolutely, there was a time. Like in Red Arrowback's time, Shep, he knew more about sets. He knew more about how to do things and, and run things and be different and make it to his players and, and bring things in. It's the same sure. thing I say about Paul Brown. Sure. Paul Brown was the first guy to have training camp and, and have film study and do these things that other teams weren't doing. So, yes, you're at the forefront of that. But things change over time. And Paul Brown, God rest his soul, it's he struggled to change with those times. Other guys struggle to change with those times. I think that if it was a time like now, if Chuck Daly and Greg Popovich and Phil Jackson and Pat Riley were 35, 40 years old right now, I think if they would have done what they had done in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, they would struggle. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And I still feel the same way. Yes, I'm giving, and yeah, I know, and Shep, you're right to call me out on it. I'm giving a bit of a pass to Brad Stevens. I know I shouldn't. I know I should be. 
taking out the uh, taking out the sledgehammer and wailing away on him the best I can. But ultimately, he's powerless. The only people that can change things are the guys on the floor. If they're not interested, if if Kyrie Irving's delivering my baby, I'm a little bit nervous about Kyrie Irving delivering my baby right now. It takes a doctor who is renowned, who's done the study, who's done the work, who's had the experience to be the person to deliver my baby. God, I hope so. Just like it takes a real number one to be a number one. There's plenty of people out there who, because of the salary, because of the prestige, because of the name that comes behind it, would love to be the chief doctor at Fairview Hospital with the Cleveland Clinic who would be the person who's in charge of delivering babies at the Cleveland Clinic, who brings lives into the world. And in the NBA equivalent, LeBron, Kevin Durant, Giannis at some point, a couple of other names that you can mention, those guys are the number one. Those guys can deliver life, can deliver championships. When Steph Curry can deliver it. Kyrie, no number one. I do not want him in between my wife's legs delivering a baby. I'm absolutely powerless. I can blow my whistle. I can give encouragement, but I'm not the person who has to hit the shot. I'm not the person who has to lead. They're the people who have to lead. And for that moment, while you can say it's sick that I was thinking about analogies for a radio show as my third born son was born, and you could probably be right about that, I did have an epiphany that no matter how much you love Brad Stevens, no matter how much you love this or that or whatever college coaches out there, no matter how much of a Rembrandt you think that person is or a Mozart of whatever they might be, when it comes down to it, they are ultimately powerless. And they're in the same spot as we are watching from the stands. 855-212-4CBS. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. 20 minutes from now, bring the lottery to the NFL. I, one thing I keep saying, and I, I know I was defending Brad Stevens to a level, just because I, I think that ultimately right now, it's as hard to be an NBA coach as it's ever been. I don't think you're fooling anybody. I think the athletes are as good as they've ever been, and the athletes are... Entitled's not the wor- the right word. I think uh, awoken is the right word. I think they now know their value more than they ever have than they ever have and people call that entitlement it's not it's 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 knowing your own value Giannis Antetokounmpo will know his value and knows his value more than than he ever would in the 80s than he ever would in the 70s so I think it's more and more difficult now to be a coach in the NBA and it's for that reason where I know that the Lakers hired Frank Vogel and then they hired Jason Kidd to be an, an assistant and that will end up as a brutal dumpster fire Jason Kidd will certainly usurp him of power, and probably it'll happen by Christmas, and then Jason Kidd will take over. And even though I know LeBron loves Jason Kidd and they seem to get together, they're both very headstrong people, and things will not go the way it was. Because all Jason Kidd has done in his coaching career has put the boots to everybody around him for his own personal glorification. And that will not work with a guy like LeBron. So that thought being thought out, while they hired Frank Vogel, there there was this undertone of people who were angry. Because Becky Hammond didn't get a real shot about it. Becky Hammond is, I think, a person who has a ton of pressure on her when she becomes a head coach. I know that we say, well, it's 2019, 2020, 2021. We are at a different level than we've been as a society. And that's true. And thank God that is true. But just like anybody else who does something for the first time who makes history, 
when Becky Hammond decides to make history, it will be brought with some criticism, more than likely, because there's always going to be idiots. It will be brought with some skepticism, depending on the organization that she takes over for. And there will obviously be some encouragement and some hope that it goes well, because she, whether she knows it or not, and she certainly would, she knows that she's the trailblazer, that what she does will, and right or wrong, it doesn't matter, will be used as an example against or for somebody else in the future. It happens every single time somebody else takes something over for the first time over. But the problem that I had is that she's an assistant under Greg Popovich. She's done a great job. People like her schemes. Part of what being an NBA head coach now, I think more and more is being a person who is part therapist, part manipulator, strong part manipulator, getting young people who have a lot of people that they have to deal with on a daily basis who say that they're there for them. They always tell them, I have to be about your brand and help you. I have to be able to tell them that I'm the most important person to your brand, to your likeness, and us together, we do this together. That's a very difficult thing for an NBA coach to do. But when I saw the outrage, and and there wasn't a ton, it was an underlying outrage, but when I saw the outrage with Becky Hammond, that not with her, but with the Lakers, that, well, she should have taken that job. She could have taken that job and done a very good job. She might have. But also, why does she have to deal with the dreck of the NBA? If Greg Popovich coaches two more seasons and then steps aside, who better to lead a well-run, well-organized, strong organization like with a great fan base and a supportive fan base with San Antonio than Becky Hammond? You're an assistant under Greg Popovich. Steve Kerr was an assistant under Greg Popovich. Mike Brown was an assistant under Greg Popovich. You can say what you want to about Mike Brown. Mike Brown has been to championships. Yeah, I know. He had LeBron. Then he was with Golden State. Got it. I know it. He's been to championships. Steve Kerr has been to championships with with Golden State. You're part of the NBA elite in terms of assistant coaches. Why do I have to ask you to go with the direct of the NBA? Why do I have to ask you to wallow in the mud with what the Lakers have become, or one of these other also-rans in the NBA. People wanted her to go to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Why go to the Cleveland Cavaliers? Dan Gilbert makes decisions very, very quickly, and they're never favorable to the head coach. He gets involved with the draft picks. He gets involved with free agency. He gets involved with the league. He's very, very involved. He pays a lot of money. He'll try to get you every player you can. That much is true. But the results, the demanding of results is very, very quickly. And usually without LeBron, or I should say every time without LeBron, it's turned into an utter dumpster fire for them. You're part of an elite coaching staff with an elite head coach who's your boss with a great organization. Why would you deal with any one of this other slop where it means that much more for you? People are upset, not with Becky Hammond, but with the league. If I'm Becky Hammond... I don't think I need to ask her to say anything about it, but if I'm Becky Hammond, I think I'm doing the very best decision for me, and I think she's doing the very best decision for herself. Be picky, be choosy, be patient. Because there will be great celebration when, and I underline when, Becky Hammond is hired. But all of a sudden, if things start going the wrong way, just like when people start blaming Brad Stevens, which they do in Boston, they will definitely blame her. And... Just like there's idiots everywhere, it'll definitely get more uglier. She can handle it because she's tough. But on the other side of that, why does she have to go to some of the slop there when she doesn't have to? Be picky. Be choosy. Be you. 
that'll be better for yourself in the long run. 855-212-4CBS. Coming up next, yes, bring the lottery to the NFL. Just hear me out. I beg you. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Free line, 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by Geico. Hey, there's great news. I bet you didn't know this. There's a quick way you can save money. You go to Geico. You go to Geico.com, 15 minutes. I mean, that's it, 15 minutes. They're going to save you 15% or more on car insurance. I just told you, my wife, her boyfriend from high school is our insurance guy. And he didn't put the boots to her in high school. And I so I've always said he's always found a way to put the boots to us afterwards now that he's our insurance guy. I wish we could switch to Geico because I will openly tell America, yes, I think he's bamboozled us. Yes, I think he's hoodwinked us. And if I could switch to Geico, if it wasn't so awkward, I'd be switching to Geico. So there's a personal testimony for you. 855-2124-CBS. Sean Powell joining us at 1 p.m. Eastern. I want to get to the lottery here in a second. I got to get the phone. So 855-2124-CBS. I want to get to Matt in Tennessee. You're first up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. Thank you for making it, Matt. Go right on ahead. Okay. Uh, I had a, I don't know, an interesting plan, I guess you could say, for the Lakers to go about things in the, the off season as far as recruiting pitch goes for Kawhi Leonard. All right. I mean, you know, the reports The reports are, you know, that he probably wants to be a Clipper because he don't want to be a LeBron James' shadow and that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what if we sign DeAndre Jordan? First of all, we need a big man anyway who can defend. And so, you know, we. I mean, whether he's a starter or not, it would still be a good piece. He's a good defensive player. He can catch lobs, that sort of thing. And have him as part of the recruiting pitch to Kawhi you know, talking about how bad the Clippers screwed over Blake Griffin and how that they told him as well that they was going to invest, you know, all this, you know, the money, not just the money, but they were going to hang his jersey in the Raptors and, you know, kind of kind of look, make him try to see that point of view, how they're, they're not really loyal and they're kind of cutthroat, you know what I'm saying? So that way it might sway him from trying to join the Clippers. And then if he wants to come home, that only leaves L.A. Now, hold on. Now, now stick stick with me here, Matt. Now, I don't know how that could really work. Now, obviously, if you play for a team, you want great players to play with you. So that part I can't fight you on. But as far I just have to fight with the the argument of who gets who gets the boots put to him in this case, because what's wait a minute. Wasn't it DeAndre Jordan who got kidnapped by his own teammates to not sign with the Dallas Mavericks? Isn't this how this works? I mean, if we're talking well, over screw jobs and things, yeah, I get the, well, I mean, if we're talking screw jobs, hey, maybe Blake Griffin's a little bit upset, probably more than likely he was, but this is the way she goes now. You have guys who who are players in the NBA. They know their worth better than anybody else has ever known their worth in the history of sports. But what's so, that have to do with the Lakers? How's, I mean, what's the Mavericks and DeAndre Jordan have anything to do? Well, DeAndre if, if, Jordan was there when Blake got screwed over, and he kind of knows the end, you know, the inside if, story a little bit. If you were telling me about guys getting hoodwinked or guys getting screwed over, I can tell you about guys getting screwed over any time. And I do with guys who who are part of a quote unquote screwing over. Would they want to be? Would they be the type of people talking about the Clippers screwing people over? Hey, I know you're a Laker fan, and I know you want to make that know. work, but. You, you would have to give me an example. I mean, you're sitting here saying that, but you would have to give me an example where a team basically signed a guy to $100 million, talked about him being a clipper for life, going to put his number in the Raptors, and then traded him the following, I mean, within a few months. Well, so that's, the example, example that, that's the example I gave you. That, that's the example I gave you. Are they really going to trade Kawhi Leonard uh, months into his contract if they signed Kawhi Leonard? 
Probably not, but exactly. Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you could you could make that argument though, as far as them being cutthroat and not loyal later on down. I mean, what let's say two or three years down the line, Kawhi has a little bit of an injury that's nagging him throughout the season, and then mm-hmm. something comes along where they can get good value. Who's to say that they won't do it again because they already did it once? Oh before. yeah. Oh, yeah, I think the only oh, – no. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean Matt, this, this, I dig this, it. This, I dig it. I'm with you. I'm with you. Continue. Continue. Okay. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm probably living in fantasy land. Just wishful thinking here. I'm just throwing, you know, something against the wall, basically. But I'm just saying maybe put some doubt in Kawhi's mind. You know, he's he's a, he's a an odd individual. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a, you know, a character. You know, he's hard to figure out. But maybe mm-hmm. if you start to, you know, put some doubt in his mind about – uh, you know, the Clippers' loyalty and how they treat their players, you know, maybe that sways him a little bit more. You know, have LeBron James in the room, you know, DeAndre Jordan maybe, you know, saying, look, you know, this is how, you know, Blake was done, yada, yada, yada. You know, and maybe, just maybe, if you get lucky, you know, he he decides to join the Lakers instead because that should be the main focus. Because I think going after Anthony Davis, while that would be great, you're literally going to be giving up your entire young core plus the fourth pick plus future mm-hmm. first round picks because mm-hmm. Hell Benson is just hell bent on not trading him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's I don't know if that's the smart play there. I love Anthony Davis; he's a great player, but is he really that great? I mean, he couldn't get nothing done in New Orleans, so as far as winning wise, but I, I just don't know if that's the so, right move. Well, what you're forward. admitting to me, Matt, what you're admitting to me is you're throwing a bit of a hail mary here. Is that is that fair? Is that fair? Well, in the position okay. we're in, I mean, yeah. can you blame me? <laughs> exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. So, I, yeah, I was across with you. I get what you're saying there. Real quick, give me real quick, then I'll let you go. Kyrie okay. Irving, Lakers, yes or no? You as a fan, go. Uh, no, but I mean, if 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 we strike out on Anthony Davis and we strike out on Kawhi, then I say yes. But is that going to be my main priority? No. All right, Matt. I thank you very much for making the call, my friend. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Boy, you could smell the desperation through the phone, and that's okay. Matt has to be desperate because he is a Lakers fan. This is the situation they've put themselves in. I think if it comes down to and I don't blame Matt for saying, hey, tell them how they screwed him over. Go, Please do. Please say that. You need to find any tact you possibly can. The things that I just don't think are going to work out, Kawhi Leonard's 27 years old. That team will always be LeBron's. And the problem that LeBron is facing right now is that there are plenty of guys in the league who can carry a team. Kawhi has proven he can help carry a team. He can carry a team. Didn't want to in San Antonio for whatever reason, but is doing that in the most part with what we're seeing in Toronto. Guys who can carry teams, the one percenters, do they want to play for LeBron? And it's not an if, and it's not a question of with of LeBron. It's a would you be forced to? Would you be okay? There's no if, and there's also... Do you want to play for him? Because there's no playing with LeBron. One guy has played with LeBron James. That's Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was already in Miami. Miami loved Dwayne Wade. LeBron was there. LeBron got there with Chris. And then it ended up being those two together with Dwayne Wade. It ended up being Dwayne Wade's team ultimately. Even though LeBron might have taken over physically, it's still Dwayne Wade's team. He's the only guy that ever played with LeBron. Everybody else in his entire career has played for LeBron. Is Kawhi Leonard willing to do that at 27 years old? I still don't think he does. And what Matt's laying out there, yeah, it's a Hail Mary move. I wanted him to admit that because that's where the Lakers are left with right now. You've made these trades. 
You got the number three overall pick. It's a great piece to try to get Anthony Davis if you want to try to get Anthony Davis. It's a great piece to see what you want to do. Maybe if you want to do a trade and bring somebody else in if you wanted to make that type of move or even wait a little bit longer, which David Griffin seems hell-bent on trying to see whether or not he can keep Anthony Davis, and rightfully so, he should try. But for the Lakers in their own right, you've created this bit of hell. I don't know why you would talk about trading LeBron. That seems to be nonsensical when you've done all this for LeBron. But on the other term is that I don't know how you can help yourself out in the long term if you're trying to help yourself out by making moves for these guys who really don't want to be a part of it in the first place. Openly, I'll admit, I'd like to see the Clippers do something with Ballmer. I'd like to see them be able to do something with the with the core that they have. Patrick Beverly is an alpha alpha guy, but maybe not an alpha player. And I think Kawhi Leonard would change that. You're still number two because it's the Clippers. But there could be one shining moment with the Clippers that can make everybody really excited with Kawhi Leonard going there. But when it comes to the Lakers, I think if you're a Laker fan right now, the Anthony Davis thing seems to be exactly what Matt in Tennessee says, is as if it makes sense, they still might not do it. Kawhi Leonard, do you really want to be that guy who, while you could be a number one, do you really want to be number two to LeBron? Because it will always be his team, and LeBron can suck the air out of anything. Or, I know his name's Mud right now, and he gave up in the series against Milwaukee but Kyrie Irving played his very best basketball with LeBron James. We thought Kyrie could be an MVP candidate, be a perpetual all-star, be a Hall of Famer, and still could be a Hall of Famer when he was playing with LeBron James. He played his extremely greatest basketball games, his most extreme greatest basketball games in the postseason, in the regular season. His finishes were different. The way he played was different because LeBron took that heat off of him. He can then turn that back around. I think if you're a Laker fan... That's still maybe your best option. And it doesn't feel good right now because of how things went in Boston and it got very ugly very quickly in Boston, but that still could be your very best one. And I can't deny it. Being a guy who was in the city, seeing the way those two played, and yeah, both of them left in in very ugly terms in a lot of ways, especially Kyrie. I can't deny the play that they had together. They beat one of the greatest dynasties ever. So I can't deny that. That's still pretty good for a Laker fan. 855-2124-CBS. Travis in Kentucky. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Let me tell you something. Hey, I'm a Celtics fan. Y'all can take Kyrie. Because I would love to see Danny Ainge pull off something crazy where we let we let Kyrie go and then we make a move to get AD and the number one pick from, Zion, uh, from uh, New Orleans to pick up Zion. Because, you know, we heard Colin Coward and the boys talking about Zion is able to pull out of the draft or he might just go to New Orleans and tell him, hey, I don't want to play for you. I mean, Eli did it. Elway did it. Um, that that you uh, that Canadian. So wait now, it. Travis. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're banking on Zion Williamson saying that he'll threaten to go. He'll threaten to go back to Duke. No, 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 not go back to Duke. He doesn't have to. He can just call the national team and, and say, "Hey, I want to, I want to play for you guys for a year and just work out." You don't have to go back to Duke. I wouldn't go back to Duke. It's way too big an injury risk. But he definitely doesn't have to stay in the draft. But I'm saying if he went to the New Orleans management and he said, "Hey, I, I don't want to play for you guys, and if you don't trade me, I'm just gonna, I'm basically gonna." you know, sit out a year and go play for the national team and go work. Because, I mean, Greg Popovich is not going to turn down Zion Williams and play for the national team. He's just I understand that, yeah. I mean, he can do whatever he wants, but you're saying he's going to – your hope is that – I got to make this quick, uh, but let me let me try to bring this down to reality here. You're a Celtics fan, right? Right. Okay. 
Let's put that down in paper. You're a Celtics fan. Yes. You okay? It's it's Zion Williamson doesn't want to play for New Orleans. So then all of a sudden the number one pick is traded to what Boston? Right. So in the package for AD, right? Um, okay. We're talking about AD and Zion, AD and the number one pick, which would be Zion Williamson, in return for Boston's Memphis pick, the rest of the first round picks this year, and then give them either and give them both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Maybe even Gordon Hayward if you can resign Kyrie. Or get Kemba Walker in free agency or something like that. Even well, you just wanted to get rid of Kyrie. Now you want to resign Kyrie? No, I mean, well, no, no, no. Here's the thing. I don't, when I said take him if you want him, I mean, I don't care if he comes back. Because he's not really, he's not really oh. that kind of Celtics breed like you got Marcus Smart. Well, if he's not that Celtics type of guy, why the hell would you want him back? If you only want the very because, best, why would you want him back? I'll tell you exactly why. I'll tell you exactly why. It's the point right. that you made in relation to LeBron James. Because if you take the heat off him, he shines. And so if you have a Zion and uh, AD, uh, All right. Well, listen here, Travis, all right? If, if, if the scenario you gave me plays out, you can call me back on air, and you can tell me to kiss your bare ass on air, okay? I'll let you do that. Travis, I thank well, you very much. I won't get my hopes up. All right. I thank you very much for the call. Folks. <laughs> Folks. Hey, I, I know your fans, and I, I know you're wishing here. Let's not get crazy. Hey, this could happen naturally. You get yourself an opportunity. I, I know that people were upset with what, what has happened with Boston, and they were a very scatterbrained team this year. I know people were upset with what's going on with the Lakers, and they were as scatterbrained as scatterbrained could be with ownership and the general manager and the team president and everything there. And Frank Vogel signed on to be the head coach, but he's allowing Jason Kidd, of all people, to be his assistant. I get this. We got to be a little bit more realistic about this. You got number one. You're not giving up number one regardless. 855-2124-CBS. But I'll make a solid promise. I will say he can call me up and tell me I can kiss his ass right there on air if that ever happens. More of this, fine. I welcome them all. And, yes, bring the NBA draft lottery to the NFL. Just hear me out. I beg you. It's Ken Common on CBS Sports Radio. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.